friends. Welcome back to another episode of Be Here for a While. I have one of my very good friends and one of my most accomplished friends on the podcast today. And uh, it's something a little bit different than I've uh, done interviews or, or chatted with people before about. Um, he is a music executive. And um, we met probably nine years ago. Yep. And I will remember exactly how we met. <laughs> Why are my stories always like something like embarrassing happens to me or sad? Um, I was dating this guy and he worked in music as well. But he and I, I, I got to, to be fair on his part, like we hadn't hung out in a few weeks. So whatever. We were all at the same thing or I, w- I guess I was there at the same thing with this guy. And um, Marcus, who's my guest, came to meet him. <laughs> Um, and and uh, this guy was talking him up like, you know, this, uh, Marcus, you know, he works with uh, Timberland, like he's the head of his label, blah, blah, blah. I was like, cool, whatever. Why are you not paying attention to me, buddy? Um, and Marcus comes to meet up. Marcus is adorable. He's a big teddy bear of a human <laughs> with an adorable laugh. And um, so we all go out to the next place together. And uh, all of a sudden I look over and the guy I was dating was making out with some blonde <laughs> chick. And I was like... Well, all right. I guess I'll talk to Marcus now. <laughs> and Marcus saved me, and we yep. just like had fun, and then and the rest is history. We became really close History's, friends. Yeah, yep. you managed me for a little bit yeah, when you were managing yeah, actors. Yeah, I was your assistant for a hot minute, yeah. but I don't really think I actually did anything. No, it was it was it, it you was just sort of like paid me to like book tickets, yeah. flights for yeah, you, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, it only lasted a few months, <laughs> but we had a good run. Yeah, and then we've just remained friends ever since, and. uh He's a super interesting guy. Uh, he's the head of Mosley Music Group, uh, which is the which is Timberland's label. Timberland is also his. This always confuses me. I know it's crazy. Timberland's your nephew, nephew but you are younger than Timberland. Yes. Can and you just explain that chain of events real quick? So for me? interesting. So my mom probably had me by mistake. Uh-huh. Oh, by the way, I should say your name. <laughs> this is Marcus Spence. Yeah, and very quickly. He's worked with people like Nelly Furtado, One Republic, Chris Cornell, obviously Timberland, Justin yeah. Timberlake. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so, yeah, my mom had me pretty late. You know, mm-hmm. I, she was 44. My dad was 57. So they, they probably woke up one day and was like, hey, you know. Oh, so you were the one they had late. That's how that works. Yeah, it's like the slip, slip up. Yeah. You know, they didn't think it was going to happen. But you know what? Good for them <laughs> yeah. that they were still at it. You know. You know what I mean? Hey, it's, it's, it's inspiration. I For all those people that, you know, <laughs> in the 40s, like, hey, can I? St-? Yeah, of course. That's fantastic, actually. Yeah. Okay, so that, okay. I always forget. I mean, I know, but. So I have a 60-year-old sister, 64 and 66. You're the baby of the family. I am. You're not even, yeah, you are. I'm 40. Oh, I'm, like, I'm, I'm getting old. You're just, you're I'm just getting old. Barely. <laughs> yeah, but you have the face yeah. of a child. <laughs> When I say when I post a photo of him, you'll realize he literally looks like like a teddy bear. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So how did you get how did you get started working for for Tim? So when I was in college, um, when I graduated college, um, Timbaland brought me in and he was just like, "Hey, I have a job for you." And um, this is my senior year in college, uh-huh. and you know, I I was going to originally go to film school. That was my first goal. I was like, you know. He's always being around the family and, you know, I was able to come up and be around Aaliyah and, and, and you know, meet Jay-Z early on and, and just meet all these great artists, you know, and it was amazing. But I still always wanted to set my path. I didn't want to yeah. be just like, OK, I'm working for my family. But my senior year, he called me. He was like, I have a job. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that job was. I had no clue what to do yeah. with the job. But I was just like, oh, OK, cool. So going into my last semester, um, knowing that in my mind, I was just like, all right. 
let me just stroll, push through this semester. So basically, I got thrown in the business. And our first label was called Beat Club Records. Mm-hmm. Um, it and, w- and and Tim knew all these people because I, I remember you telling me Virginia Beach was like a really big music scene at that yeah, time. Yeah, it was. Um, you had Teddy Riley down there. You had Missy. Uh-huh. You had Pharrell. You had the Neptunes. And the Neptunes were signed to, they were signed to Teddy Riley, who uh-huh. did, who was Blackstreet, who Michael Jackson used to come down all the time, and he did all I'm just the Michael Jackson. Trying to think of the line, Blackstreet, and what is that one? <laughs> yeah. Come on, Marcus, give it to me. Oh man, I'm bad sometimes. Sure. Like, Fat damn it. <laughs> That's Backstreet Boys. <laughs> no, it was Black Street, and I'm gonna stop now. All right, I'll think of it later. Okay. Keep going. But um, yeah. So Tim, so Tim, so Tim. During that time, Tim met um. There was a lot of like talent shows, and there's a lot of like talent shows were very striving during that time. They were they were great, you know. People and like all, music executives were watching these talent shows. Uh-huh, absolutely. Wow. I mean, that was when it was in the trenches before you had all the social media. Mm-hmm. So people would actually come down and discover artists and. At the time, Jodeci appeared and went to one of the radio shows, and Tim and Missy went up to him and played him a demo, and Devontae flew them up, and that was a great experience. For, well, it was a crazy experience for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hell, but they experienced it. And Why they was went. it hell? Um, I think it was just like, you know, there was a time where, you know, you were a starving artist. You, yeah. know, you know, Tim didn't eat for days. You know, mm-hmm. he made music. But he slept on a mattress. Yeah. You know, he, he stayed in the studio. So it wasn't a time where it was easy, where people were getting advances and you had all these opportunities to get your music out there. You had to really grind and earn your respect. And mm-hmm. it, was just a, it was just a different era. But I feel like people say the music industry is harder now because it's like people aren't buying music. And I, I, I believe the music industry, because of all the social media and all the technology aspects of mm-hmm. it, I feel like it's more opportunities to get your music Got out it. there. Okay. You know, it's, it's really like... Back then, it's like when I first, even when I first got into business, it was like, hey, I had to go meet the mom and pop stores. Uh-huh. I had to like figure out like, how does this work? How does this work? Do I go sell my CD on consignment, yeah. get the store to buy it, and then be like, okay, cool. Like now, hopefully, I go out there promote it, and then people go buy my CD. Yeah. Now you can put your music up there. You can put a, you can, you can expose, you can put content up there, and, mm-hmm. and people are like, oh, God, who's this brand? Who's this song? Yeah. And there's ways to trick the through the algorithm. Trick, trick it online that make people go buy it. I mean, there's so many ways to get around it now. Yeah. It's, it's a little different. Lo, how do we trick the algorithm? My podcast producer's here. Make a note of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just, you know, there's always tricks to the trade. So, yeah, I want to I hear about that. So you were, like, essentially 21 years old. And you're And you're, you're running with Tim, so, yeah, Jay-Z, so, Missy Elliott, Aaliyah. Yeah everything you know were you you in love with Aaliyah because she was so beautiful no and I met Aaliyah actually I met Aaliyah I went to her house in Detroit Mm -hmm. and um I remember this this is crazy um I was in I was in high school Mm -hmm. actually I was going to college my first freshman in college and it was crazy because sorry I don't want to interrupt you how old would she be today was she older or younger than you younger than me younger than you maybe like maybe three years yeah three years so you were in high school so she was essentially in high school yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely and um so when i was actually yeah school yeah high school um so i actually lost my job at a grocery store Uh because tim asked me would i would like to go to detroit Uh to see to meet Aaliyah, and i told my job i was sick (laughs) and i lost my job and um i basically lied and I, i took a trip and went out there and that's when drew hill Mm-hmm. They came out the wrong. Tell me that big yeah. song. Tell mm-hmm. me, and um, I saw them play at a hotel hotel ballroom. Yeah, and I went there to see Aaliyah, and then went to her house and played pool with her and her, her and her brother. And I mean, it was like amazing. And 
they end up coming back to Virginia because Tim was recording with them and mm-hmm. they were coming to the house and my mom would cook food for them and it was like a family. You know? I, I, I mean, forgot <laughs> how young she was when she made it. Yeah, it was it was like I mean, she was ahead of a curve. Yeah. You know, she started so early. She was in performance school, performing art school all through high school. So it's like she just never went to really she went to alternative schooling. Yeah. So she was just always out in the business. I imagine you guys took it really hard when mm-hmm. she that was I mean, so shocking. I mean, it was it was devastating because like you just never expect a situation like that to happen. Yeah, when it happened, it's just man, it was it was sad. I, I was in L.A. We was in L.A. and I was like, what? If we got giving those calls, I was like, Aaliyah just died. We we're like, what in a car? Like what? How? I thought it was a plane crash, right? I mean, a plane crash. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, and we was just like, how? How did this happen? That's uh, so traumatizing. Yeah. I, I feel like you, you've told me before, like Tim never has never really gotten over it. No. No, yeah. I don't think so. I mean, it's just. I mean, I mean how do you really get over that? I yeah, guess. Yeah, I mean, they just have a connection musically that. Yeah. You can't take away, and when, yeah. when you when you when you see something in somebody and it's taken away, and, and Tim being a musical genius, he is. He really is a genius. Yeah, it's just it affects you, you yeah. know, and you can't where where you find it. Yeah. So. Aaliyah, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Aaliyah. Very talented, very yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. I um, would have married her. Do you think? Oh, did you have a shot, Marcus? <laughs> I, I, you know what? She sat in my lap in the studio. I, I was excited. I was that. excited. <laughs> I was kind of excited. You know what's so funny? I feel like you've probably told me that story like five times because because you love you love that story. I did. I'm like, man. I don't blame you. <laughs> but I had Aaliyah sitting in my lap. <laughs> hey, I would tell that story if I were you too. So okay, so you went to that's you went to Detroit, and then so so. When did you like start working for Tim Flick full time? And what was, right what was your job exactly? You know, out of college, I really technically didn't have a job. Uh-huh. I mean, a job title per yeah. se. I had to really create it for myself. Okay. And me and Tim being a producer itself, but when it came to the business side and the operation of the company, mm-hmm. that wasn't his foresight. You know, mm-hmm. and and it was like I had to figure it out. Yeah. And it wasn't easy. But going to college did help. Yeah. It, it taught me to learn and figure things out. And, yeah. and I had to kind of just jump in the trenches. And being his family, people were looking at us like, oh, you're his family. Yeah. Oh, they should hire some people that actually know what they're doing. Ugh. And it, it was, it was like, and, but I would only hear this through third party. Yeah. So nobody was really saying this to my face. Yeah. So I, I took it and I prayed and I thought about it and I went home and I was like, okay. I got frustrated. Yeah. You know, I was literally like, I'm going to quit. Like, yeah. I'm not doing this because Tim was like, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't talk to this person. Don't talk to that person. And I'm like, what am I here for? Just to sit around and get a check and look around? Yeah. So I decided and I thought about it one day and I was like, okay, Marcus, you got to figure this out. So I sat with every department head, picked everybody's brain without everybody realizing I'm picking their brain. Department head of department company, Department, Mosley, department head of Interscope. Interscope, okay. So I sat with everybody from international department, from the sales department, from the digital department. From because you had said before your first meeting was with Jimmy Iovine, right? Yes. Okay. This was this, the first meeting with Jimmy Iovine, and then we were thrown into the trenches. This is like literally like our first meetings. So with, you're literally a kid meeting with Jimmy Iovine. You're a kid, essentially. Knowing nothing. Sitting you're, in the room. Yeah, literally sitting in the room like, oh. Oh, okay, cool. With the I, biggest, like one of the biggest yeah. music moguls of all time. Knowing nothing. 
Knowing zero. Someone needs to make a documentary about your guys' life. <laughs> knowing, I guess he already Jimmy I even just yeah, did one, but I'm talking about zero yeah. about the business and literally looking around like, oh, okay. So now it's like y'all need to do this and this, this and that, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Knowing nothing, and I just had to literally. I said with everybody, and I figured it out. Yeah. So you were like, you met with all the department heads, or you were just sort of like, and I was just picking their brain uh-huh. and like looking at situations and listening to them say, okay, so that artist didn't work because of that. Uh-huh. And it's using the pros and the cons. And then once I figured out the pros and the cons, uh-huh. I started like lining everything. Yeah. And once I started aligning everything, I was like, okay. So that's how I have to deal with my artists. That's how I have to deal with launching a project. And it took me a minute, but I figured it out. And then yeah. once I started seeing everything, it started, I was actually able to steer the label in the right way, you know, and, and people would, people aren't trusted me. They trust, they entrusted me mm-hmm. to not, use this information well, for the a, wrong you're a person. Good dude. Yeah. You and I was know that. Yeah. And I, I literally and being yourself mm-hmm. is the best thing. And mm-hmm. I and I could never change that about myself. And I always told myself, being in the business, be who you are. Don't go in there and be somebody different. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, I earned everybody's trust. And mm-hmm. so people were telling me stuff that they wouldn't tell nobody else. Yeah. And I was able to, but, but I didn't go back and be and like. And you weren't repeating it to anyone. I was yeah. not repeating it. I didn't go back to Tim and say, oh my God, Tim, they just said this and this. I didn't say anything. See, and I then, love that. I love when people are like and that. And I just took the information and I, yeah. and I turned it in a way to benefit us. Yeah. But. But you didn't just, tell anyone else's secrets or anything. No. Yeah. No. And I, and I really believe that. I really believe you, you. You, you, if you're trusting people, it, it becomes your ally. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, they want to keep feeding you more information. Mm-hmm. So now you know how to deal with a situation. So now you're not going to a situation blind. Yeah. And I just felt like that was really good ammo for us. And that kind of helped us because it was rocky times during our first time at Interscope. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very rocky. And, you know, I, just, I remember sitting on the balcony with Jimmy and arguing over records and, you know, and, and, and saying, no, we're not going to have artists do this song because of this reasoning. And it was just like, but I said with every department, I picked everybody's brain and yeah. figured out the best, best approach. Now, okay, so I want to explain to my listeners. So they, they were, so Mosley Music Group was signed to Interscope, but you guys we were the could, joint venture. Yeah, so you, but you guys could also pick up your own artists under your a hundred percent. So basically, what we were, we were a company that Interscope funded, uh-huh. and they supported us from the marketing promotional side. Got it. So, who was the first artist that you got to pick out and sign personally? My first artist, um, it was a, it was supposed to be a rock band, but that was hating. People hated on me during that time, so that didn't happen. But uh, <laughs> that was the B Club does. But mostly, I would say One Republic. One Republic. One, Re- One Republic was somebody that I discovered in 2002. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Tedder came to the office during our B Club days. There's two different companies, B Club Records, okay. and then we changed the name to Mosley Music Group. Okay. Um, so B Club Records was more of an urban scared label, mm-hmm. and Mosley became more of a global global pop label. Mm-hmm. Um, One Republic, Ryan Tedder came to the office and played me apologize. Uh-huh. And that's insane. And, and Isn't I that crazy though? And I, he <laughs> was the first person to probably like or executive that heard apologize yeah, yeah. to sign him. And I literally was like, "This is phenomenal." Like, this is incredible. And, and, and Ryan was a great, and people don't know, Ryan was trying to be a solo artist. Then. Really? And he was, I mean, Ryan's voice, he can go country, he can go pop, he can go R&B, he can go any different variations of music, genre-wise. Yeah. And, but I just felt, I'm a very instinctive person, so I, I believe your intuition tells you a lot in the business. And I feel like if you allow your intuition to guide you, it'll guide you in the right place. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, my instinct was like, Ryan, you are a, freaking you're in the group 
You yeah. are the face of the group. And he was like, I'm thinking the same thing. I was like, dude, he's like, I was thinking about calling my buddies up from Colorado. Oh, so when he walked into the office, he it was, was just, just him. A, it was just him. And yeah, you said you need to be in a group. Yeah. And what made you think he needed to be in a group? Instincts, what? instincts, yeah. intuition. You know, sometimes you see a vision. And, you know, I've been blessed. I feel like there's certain instincts that people are given. You know, and, and, and my, my my thing is, like, I see I see visions in the sense of people. Yeah. I can look at people and say from zero to 100 where I think you can be. Yeah. And and I felt like then Ryan needed to be in a group. I felt like that was going to take him over the, the hoop, you know, take him over the rope and get him to the next level. Uh-huh. And and he agreed. And he thought it was, he thought it was a great idea. He, he was thinking the same thing, but he just needed that reassurance. Yeah. And so what ended up happening was he ended up calling his friends. We recorded this hole in the walls. They rehearsed at this hole in the wall spot downtown uh-huh. in downtown LA. It was a hole in the wall. Like, like, a, like I'm talking studio? about like crackheads, crack houses <laughs> around. Like I nice. was scared to go there. Really? Like real talk. Like You're it, a it was a big dude. Yeah, I, I'm I was scared. I was like, man, the crackheads gonna get me right now. But <laughs> gonna get me right now. But they do that. They get you. Yeah, they yeah, get you. They they get they're you. sneaky little yeah, fuckers. Little sneaky, little <laughs> <laughs> sneak up on you. <laughs> but um, we ended up um rehearsing there, and, and and you know it's the first time I actually got to hear them live, and and uh, it was interesting. Yeah, it was definitely very interesting. Um, Were they not, well, they probably weren't ready yet, right? No, not really. And then I then I decided I was like, okay. But I'm, I believe I'm like the record is so massive, and I just yeah. see the vision yeah. that I, I think it's something there. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I'm gonna figure this out. So with with no musical training really yourself, besides like being around it and hearing it, what do you tell someone? Like, how, how do you just? I hear it. It's like, but, it's, but, but it's, you give them notes like, hey, I think you need more. Yeah, absolutely. I think you need more tambourine on that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, no, 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 no. You're actually correct. I actually yeah? do. I hear things. Okay. I can hear it and, and I can dictate to them. You know, sometimes I do it in my own language. Yeah. But it comes across and people get it. You know, it kind of works sometimes. But um, but um, you know, our first our first show was it was fifteen people there. Fifty people there. 15 oh, people. Well, don't I know? That's what happened yeah, to stand up. Yeah. Where it was, was it at? It was at this place called The Gig. And is it, it in LA? It, it was in LA. It was on Melrose. And now it's, it's no longer there. Uh-huh. It's called Dark Room. Oh, it's Dark Room. That used oh. to be The Gig. That's crazy. 15 people. Well, that's and what happens we, at yeah, bar shows. Yeah. And then we end up going on. Let a, me fill up your wine, buddy. Yeah. Then we end up going up at 1230 at night. And it was like literally like we kept getting pushed back and pushed back and I mean, it was one of those times. It was my first experience. And then I was like, okay, hmm, I got to figure this one out. Yeah. So then I booked them in a... And that's just a passion project. Like, you're not even getting paid extra for that. I'm not like getting you're paid. Just trying to get... I paid everything out of my pocket. Yeah. Like, I literally was like, I believe in you guys so much that, you know, for all the naysayers that said that they don't, they don't know what they didn't get. And I had people, and I'll get into that, like, people didn't believe. Yeah. And I was like, I don't care. So... I don't care that you don't believe. I don't yeah. care that you don't get it. I know what it can be. Yeah. And, and, and I fought. And so literally the guys were, you know, we did another show. At the We ended up doing another show, this room five on La Brea. Uh-huh. And it was another small place. I and actually went there with you. Remember to see Anna Christina? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, it was a small place too. And, and that was the same thing. It was like a small group and, 
the whole band fit on there. I don't know how we made it happen, but we did. And then, and then, literally, I, I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna figure this out. And, and were you asking other people to come and see them? Like, yeah, I, what you- I, my strategy was, you know, at this point, we had left Interscope um, mm-hmm. for B Club. My, my strategy was to not press people, like just to say, hey, just come to the show. Yeah. Some of the executives, not not the person, like, yo, you need to sign this group. I know they need a development, uh-huh. but I just want you to kind of see what's there because I know something there. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to press you to sign them because yeah. I need to spend time developing them. Yeah, you know. And we, I paid literally. We stayed in rehearsals and we were creating new songs in rehearsals. And literally, it was like Ryan had a house and he had like three of the band, two of the band members in the house, and they were going to his. Ryan had a studio in his bedroom. Yeah, and he would just go in and like jam out the band. They would do a whole song in his in his bedroom, and it was just like. It was really grind it out. That's what it's, it's but that's it cool. I, lo- I grind, love hearing stories like that. It was grinded out. Like people lived off of like bread and mayonnaise. Like it was like literally <laughs> like it was real. It was like peanut butter. Like it was not yeah. glamorous. And and it, it was, this is one of those times like, but we all believed in what it could be. Yeah. And, and I think that like anything you do in life, if you believe something, mm-hmm. You can't you, you can't second guess yourself. Yeah. No matter how many people, especially it's with really social, especially with social media, <laughs> you get all these people that wake up one day because they're miserable mm-hmm. and they want to tell you your life sucks or you can't do this. Oh yeah, it's only because they're miserable. Oh, that gets such a blast when yeah. you receive those comments. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, okay, well, screw you two. Yeah, fuck you and kick rocks. I usually don't respond. The last one that someone wrote to me though, all I wrote back was, "Do you need a hug?" Yeah, you know, and that, but that's the thing about it, and, that, and that's the thing about then we didn't have that. We didn't have we had yeah. MySpace. Yeah, and so and and it wasn't all the engagement. Yeah, there were haters on MySpace, but yeah. it was still about the music at that yeah. point, discovery. So, but yeah, it, it eventually, um, you know, during that time, I, I I grinded it out, and 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 I eventually ended up getting. I ended up doing pay to play. Mm-hmm. And there was this there was this guy had a promoter out in LA named Sean Healy, mm-hmm. and he used to do these like big venues out here in LA and 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 have a building audience. So I figured that once I felt like the band got to a point, I can go in this audience, go to these audiences, and steal the audience for us for our fans uh-huh. and speed the process up. Okay, and it ended up working. Okay. So we ended up start selling out venues because fans from the Sean Healy promotion show uh-huh. were coming to our shows. So how what was what was the first big uh, venue you guys sold out? Um, Troubadour. Troubadour. We sold the Troubadour. Awesome. We sold the Troubadour. We started selling the Viper Room out. We started selling Roxy when it was around before yeah. it was One Oak. I yeah. mean, we just started like I mean, and then eventually, and eventually there was a there was an investor out of New York that wanted to invest in the band, and and this tells you I'm gonna tell you a crazy story. So. Because I'm drinking wine, I'll tell you the real. So <laughs> me, me and Ryan actually got in a huge argument because uh-huh. I didn't actually like, you know, I didn't have money coming in at the time, you yeah. know. But Ryan wanted to actually um, sign with this investor. And I said, Ryan, you should not, we should not do this deal. Because I didn't like the deal. Okay. I didn't like the term. Because basically they were going to take all his publishing and it was no, and, and it was like, it, it was like a perpetu- perpetuity, which means forever, which is, means no cutoff. Like, so they can recoup their funds and their investment over the period of time that, you know, and it's so no for, cut- for his entire career. Yeah, basically. basically. And I was yeah. like, Ryan, no. And he was like, no, dude, I'm getting old. I'm getting old. I said, like, Ryan, no. If yeah. you fucking do this, I'm walking away. 
Wow. I was like, I'm fucking walking away if you do this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, no, no. So we got in a huge argument. Yeah. And I literally was like, okay, all right. And so I said, I'm walking away. And then he's like, no, okay, okay, okay. He calmed down. Uh-huh. We calmed down. We talked it out. And I was like, I was like, okay. I was like, give me six, give me, I said, give me three months to get you a deal. Mm-hmm. Literally in three months, we had 11 labels after us. Really? Holy that's crap. That's how much. And, and the wow, thing about it, cool if, if I was a greedy motherfucker, yeah. I would have took the money and been like, okay, I'm going to take this money because I can get paid. I can make my living. The band get money. Like yeah. I was like, no, I just don't feel right because I feel like I feel passion for the art. And mm-hmm. the art, art has to be in the right place. It can't be just put everywhere. Yeah. And if the art's in the wrong hands, the art doesn't have the same value. I totally agree. Do you still work with One Republic? Yes, they're still signed to our company. Yeah. They're still signed to Mosley Music Group um, through through Interscope. Um, we're we're no longer with Interscope, but they're still part of us. So we still uh, share in the, in, the, in the revenue. Yeah. Marcus, you're a manly man who knows what he wants, right? And I bet you've run into an issue where the females in your life specifically like don't know what to get you for your birthday or holidays. I know personally... I have no idea what to get my dad or my significant other until I discovered mancrates.com. It has literally saved my life and saved my holiday season. Introducing mancrates.com. It's the surest way to find gifts that guys will actually love guaranteed. This isn't like a cheese of the month club or a new tie. Mancrates offers over 100 hand curated gift collections for every type of guy from the rugged outdoorsman to the sports fanatic and everything in between. You just go to mancrates.com, pick the perfect crate, and choose the delivery date. When his crate arrives, he gets to pry that bad boy open with his own laser-engraved crowbar, which I think is so cute. Both Men's Health and Allure Magazine are saying that mancrates are the perfect gift for men, and those two don't agree on anything. You know, men and women, men are from bars, women are from Venus. They have thousands of five-star reviews, and every mancrate comes with a high-five guarantee. And I've heard crazy stories where... They will go out of their way to make sure your crate is delivered perfectly. And if it's not, they will do anything to make it better for you. So you know what, guys? Own the holidays. Go to mancrates.com slash be here to get 5% off of your order. They don't offer this discount anywhere else. That's 5% off of mancrates.com slash be here. During the holidays, I get so focused on finding the perfect gift for my friends and family and trying to attend the right parties and just have fun. And uh, I always get worried that my health and my meal plans are are going to slip up. But HelloFresh has my back. I don't have to stress about that and I can still enjoy the holidays. HelloFresh knows that its customers are busy and they love that we wear our business as a badge of honor. And while the holiday season can creep towards chaos, there's a festive hustle and bustle that we should all take time to enjoy. And HelloFresh wants us to do that and keep us healthy. They do the shopping, planning, and delivering. So all we have to do is hustle, bustle, and enjoy. That means fewer trips to the grocery store and less time in the kitchen means more time for family and and more festivities and more fun, which we all deserve to have. And thank you, HelloFresh, for keeping us healthy. You can choose a delivery day when it works best for your busy schedule. You can even pause your account for weeks at a time when you're out of town and traveling. And you can choose from different meal plans, the classic, the veggie, and the family. And this all works for the holiday season. It can help you plan for your holiday meals. It's fantastic. And I have an offer for my listeners. And I want to tell you guys, there are some amazing recipes that you're going to want to try on this. The Hall of Fame customer favorite voted recipe is the Juicy Lucy Burger 
with tomato, onion, jam, and arugula salad. But you know what? Sometimes I do the premium selection for an upgraded thing, and I went with the lobster ravioli and shrimp recently, and it was delish. It was in a cream sauce, and I love cream sauce. And so I have an offer for my listeners. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter promo code BEHERE30. That's so amazing, guys. For $30 off your first week of HelloFresh, visit HelloFresh.com and enter promo code BEHERE30. Who's your favorite artist you've ever worked with? Oh, man. Oh, you know what? One of my favorite artists actually is Chris Cornell. Wow. I mean, I mean, I love Beck. I mean, I never worked with Beck, but uh, I love Chris Cornell. Um, mm-hmm. And you worked with Chris Cornell? Chris Cornell, yeah. That was one of the, it was a random situation. Um, one of my good, good friends is uh, was security for Chris Cornell. Uh-huh. And while he was security, they, they were like really tight friends. And while they were overseas, they were having conversations like, because Tim was really hot at the moment. He was doing Justin. He was doing Nelly Furtado. We had mm-hmm. our records. Everything was just like those driving. It was going crazy. Yeah. So I remember that time. Yeah, it was crazy. So Chris was like, man, maybe I should try to work with Tim, you know? And and so my friend Leroy was like, man, I, I know somebody in the camp that I can talk to. He's like my good friend. So he had kind of initiated the conversation. So I spoke to Chris's wife, Vicky, mm-hmm. convinced her <clears throat> that I thought it was a great decision because that, yeah. that was the first hurdle. Yeah. Then my next hurdle was getting Tim on board. And I got Tim on board because Tim is a rockhead. He loves all genres of music uh-huh. as well. And got Chris and Tim on the phone. And, yeah. you know, and then I got Interscope involved after the fact. And that was our first, we did the first solo project with Chris. What and was the song? We did, did actually a whole album. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was a whole album called Scream. And yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it, it was it, it was a different, it was ahead of its time musically. I think that it didn't fit into the model of what rock, because rock is heavy guitars. Yeah. And a lot of it was very musical. Yeah. And, you know, if if, if it was Radiohead, Tom York, mm-hmm. Tom York doing vocals over this, people would have flipped out. Yeah. But because it's Chris, Chris comes from the grunge era. Yeah, totally. His fans are like, no, motherfucker, we want to hear... Yeah. We want to hear guitars, <laughs> yeah. like you know, because we did a tour with Chris, and I could, and I was in the audience because I like to listen around, and everybody was like, "No, we want to hear guitar. No, we want to hear Black Hole Sun, Black Hole Sun, Black yeah. Hole Sun." You know, and it was like Temple of a Dog. We want to hear all like it was literally like we don't want to hear what you're doing new. Yeah, like they're still caught in in, in the waves. So like, what's the pass? Yeah, I you think know? that happens a lot. I think that people, it's. I mean, I can even be like that with with classic bands that I love. Oh, 100%. Like, like, I love Bob Seger. He just came out with a new album. I feel a little uncomfy about it. Yeah, like, yeah, I can't. yeah. I'm like, oh, Bob, It happened come to on. you, too. It happened to you, too. Oh, to you? I thought you were you oh, too, the band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, too, um, the band, yeah. had this happen to them when the whole, like, four to the floor dance era and yeah. they had them start doing records when Willa Ann was coming to do four to the floor and the fans were like, what is this? Yeah. You remember that? Because you just get used <laughs> yeah. to hearing, yeah, you get used to hearing the same thing. Um, mm. I want to know what your, uh, you can tell me a few or one of your, one of your craziest stories of being on the road with Tim or Wonder Public or. I mean, I, I can tell you one right now, just being on the road with Tim. Mm-hmm. It, one of my craziest stories was in Germany. Uh-huh. And, you know, um, 
Being on the road with him in Germany, you know, I was a tour manager. I was probably the worst tour manager. I would actually admit when I'm when I'm the worst at something. Yeah. You know, I, I can be like, I know how to stay in my lane. I'm like, okay, I was bad. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know? it wasn't my best work. <laughs> it wasn't That's my best work. work. It's yeah. not my strength. Um, but I was tour manager for like two weeks and in Europe of all places, yeah. not even the U.S. in yeah. Europe. And that was so, the first time you've ever been the first, tour manager. First like, I don't even know why you didn't call me a tour manager. I said to handle the duties of a tour manager. I don't even know why they even called me that. But um, it was it was interesting. I was in Europe, and and, and um, there was a situation where his driver mm-hmm. was um, a kind of erratic driver and, and, and was going at an autobahn, you know, excessive speeds, yeah. which is the autobahn. Of course you go excessive speeds, yeah. but, but he's driving erratic, and, yeah. you know, and Tim asked me to speak to him, so I spoke to him, and... And he was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So I called his boss, and his boss kind of like, you know, reprimanded him and like, yo, what are you doing? Uh-huh. And then we go to the venue. I was like, okay, dude, let's get this, let's get on the right page now. So let's go to the venue and like, let's let's kind of like make sure we're on the same page and and let's make this transition easy so we're not making any more hiccups. Yeah. So I take him to the venue, get him some food, being nice, be nice, Mark as I am. And then, so I go to the venue. I'm waiting. I'm like, okay, you have to be here because during just it was a Future Sex Love tour, Justin uh-huh. Timberlake's tour. And I was like, during this tour, you have to be back at a certain time because Tim came up under the stage in the middle of Justin's set. Oh, jeez. So I'm like, dude, you need to go pick Tim up and head back now. So he goes back, heads back, gets in an accident, totals his car. Now this is in Germany. Now, being in Germany, this was the holidays. So, this is a Munich, Germany. It's yeah. a holiday. So, literally, every car service is shut off. So, I'm oh, like, God. everybody's everybody's either at the show or they're on vacation, like holiday, whatever they call it. I'm like, crap. What do I do? And so, either have Tim come in a cab. Yeah. That's going to look crazy. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm going to have him come to the show in a cab with the security in the front. That's yeah. going to look retarded, right? Yeah. So I'm like, fuck, I'm running around, walking around, joking with Justin security, stressing the hell out, trying to make myself Jedi mind trick my mind. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm literally going crazy. You're I'm like, trying, oh. like, uh, calm like, down, Marcus, calm down. Like, what do you do? What do you do? Like, like literally, like, what's that, Lord of the Rings? I'm, yeah. like, I'm like the person Lord of the Rings right now. <laughs> How do I get a helicopter? Can yeah. I get a helicopter at this hour? Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, crap, crap, crap. So finally, luckily, every place I go, I try to make friends, mm-hmm. you know, and this is why I always believe you treat people with respect everywhere mm-hmm. you go. I made friends with the concierge service at the hotel we uh-huh. was at. And they just got there maybe 30 minutes before the show, yeah. like in the middle of the show. And I told them the situation, and they went back and got them in the seven series. Oh, thank God. And it was literally like Tim showed up. It was 10 minutes before. And then all of a sudden he had to go through minutes, the middle of the 10, stage. 10 minutes. Rushing was he already stage. dressed? Yes, straight up. Was he freaking out? Like, no, why did he, he did not. No, he was calm. I was the one freaking out because I was like, what the hell? But he was calm. Jeez. Is he still is he still actively like doing gigs? Like like We're not doing any shows right now. We're yeah. actually getting ready to, to launch a single on Friday. Ooh, and um I'm excited for it. Yeah. You heard it here first first, folks. Yeah, I can't yeah. talk. It's been a long day. Oh <laughs> Ugh, I had a long shoot today. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> wait, that's exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, so we're getting ready. Justin's coming out with some new sing- songs. For so are they working together again? Right Justin, now? yeah, he's the first two singles on Justin, and then he had Sam Smith record that just came out. I'm so excited. Yeah, I mean that. Wait, came he's out. doing the Sam Smith record? He had the song. He Pray. did it. It's a song. Pray. He did a song. Pray. Yeah, he did pray. That's Tim. What up, Tim? That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. that song. Yeah. I'm so it's excited. emotional, right? It's so good. 
Yeah, it made me cry a little bit. Oh, that's I'm so excited. Yeah, and so we're just Tim's fucking back. Yeah, it's coming back, you know. It's coming. It takes that, time. Not, listen, you know, everyone it, has to have like a lull. These young kids and took over now. I'm, I feel like I say a young. Yeah, but Tim, Tim is so talented. Yeah, he's yeah. he's one of the originals of yeah. this kind of that kind of music. It just takes time, you know. So, what? So if I so if some of my listeners want to be producers or you know singers, artists or whatever, um, what do you think makes an artist work and what doesn't? I feel like an artist, to me personally, mm-hmm. I feel like. And, and I, I said this in Music Connections, and, and I was actually noted as one of the top 100 quotes Ooh. of 2017. Should I write this down? Which is crazy. I didn't realize it. Top 100 quotes uh, of, oh. of 2017 in Music Connection. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Give it to me. Uh, I don't remember my quote, but because oh. it came to my head. But I can tell you, I can tell you, I can't remember the quote, but... You know, I'm, I'm like a, I'm like a riddle sometimes. It just comes out. I can't, can't predict what's coming out. Like what they call. Dang it! Low Google it. <laughs> but, but but it is. Um, it was interesting. You know, my my big the, the premise of the quote was, go back, go back, and always remember. Go back to the root of the music. Mm-hmm. Study music, and you know, like study the 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 history of music. Study like where the artists study different eras of music. Mm-hmm. And figure out within those different eras what influences you. Uh-huh. Don't just look at what's in today's music. Yeah. Go back into the history of music. Yeah. So you're saying basically like do your research, really know what you're doing. Don't just walk in and be like, hey, I'm cute and I can kind of sing. Basically. When an artist walks into your office, do you do you see initially like right away they have like it factor or what exactly are you looking for besides the fact that they've like done their research, they've worked hard type of thing? I want to hear what I want to hear what they say is their brand. I want to I want to know who they who they see themselves are. I don't okay. want to dictate to them because I I could I could look at somebody and 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 be like, "Dang, you're pretty," but you might be more in depth, and 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 that's what I want to see. Yeah. I actually want to see them more in depth. I, I'm like, I want to hear something you doing crazy. I want to hear something more like, you know, I, I listen to freaking Janis Joplin. Yeah, you know, oh, I, 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 I want yeah. I want to I want to I want to see something that's like, oh, my favorite artist is Nina Simone. Yeah, you know, I want to hear something else in you mm-hmm. because that's just going to identify. I don't want to hear like, "Oh my god," like Beyonce. Yeah, great. I love Beyonce. Well, she's fine, but <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. But but can we go deeper? Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. Can we go a little deeper than Beyonce? Yeah, totally. You know? Okay, so you you almost just care about like the how much heart they have in it. One hundred percent because it's it's you know it's not about the money. The money comes, mm-hmm. and if you do things for not about the money, yeah, the money does come. Okay. You have to do it for the passion. You know, I really believe in, like, look at Picasso. Do you think Picasso went and said, okay, I'm going to make this much money, I'm going to paint? No. I'm going to cut my ear off. Is he the one yeah, I'm going to cut my no, ear off. No, that wasn't Picasso. That was Van Gogh. I'm yeah, Van idiot. Gogh. I'm an but, idiot. But Picasso, he did it because of the art. Yeah. He did it because he's like, I really believe in what I'm actually creating. And, and if you like it, you can't put a value on what people put their heart into. Who? What is the most difficult type of artist to work with? Like, like um, I feel like, just, dude, I feel like, Every artist is, you know, I hate putting everybody in a box, but I don't want people in a box. I think the, I think the artists that are the most difficult are the ones that get pushed into their brain that they're already a star before they're a star. That is probably the best. That is one of the best quotes I've ever heard for an answer like that or for a question like that. 
the best answer because th- that makes so much sense because they go into it like little divas and then they can't even yeah. they probably can't take constructive criticism they can't that's what i use I've, I've actually worked with clients like that and consulted them and and they paid me and and i'm i'm a very direct person and i mm-hmm. feel like i don't want to come at you and be like oh my god like this is amazing and kiss your ass mm-hmm. that's not helping you yeah that's not helping you yeah. no mom you, you need to work on this this yeah. is not sounding good yeah. you're not ready yeah you know, I mean, I yeah. know you, but you're paying me, but you're not ready, yeah. and and it's not helping you by me. You know what? Wh- what type of um, what type of music or artist are you looking for now? Like, what would you love? What would you love? Honestly, if, what, if something walked in your door right now, that- I I just want something like like I'll tell you one of my favorite artists is Beck. Mm-hmm. I want something different. Yeah. I want somebody just like I don't want mumble rap. Yeah, you know what's out there right now. I hate mumble rap, so yeah. I make I want to make a whole podcast Wait, who's, basically who's about mumble that. Mumble rap. It's all these rappers. I mean, don't say Post Malone. I love him. No, Post Malone's not mumble rap. He's, He's my actually, best friend. I've never met him, but I love him. No, Post Malone's <laughs> actually. I mean, if you if you look at, uh, I think he's very talented. I mean, if you look at this existential all these i mean it's it's a lot of them i mean i can't even calculate because i well, think say, say i don't know what mumble rap means mumble, mumble rap is is when you take a bunch of words uh-huh. get more specific you take a bunch of words like sharing uh-huh. stories like you just throw words in and, oh, and you don't finish words so you're just like oh i get it yeah, so yeah. you're just like mumbling stuff yeah ideas out but it's not really connecting the dots Sharing stories yeah, yeah. words what yeah up? yeah yeah see <laughs> there you go that's mumble, that's mumble rap right you want something different i want something real it. yeah i want i wanted to get back to the poetry side yeah. you know and, and for me like personally i just feel like it's art you know i don't look at genres like i was in saliva show last night who? Saliva. Exactly. Rock band. Oh, oh yeah, Saliva. Saliva. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day. I was at Saliva. The what were you doing club. there? My friend manages them. So I Thanks for inviting me. I basically live oh, across the street. I didn't know. You like Saliva. I mean, I like music. Oh, I would have I love rock you. music. Yeah. Invite me next time. Absolutely. Um, I went there last night. They, and I was like, but the dude's voice is incredible. Yeah. I might try to do something with them. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. You I know mean, who I used to love is System of a Down. What are they I love System to? of a Down. Oh, they were awesome. His voice is amazing. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, so what's next for you? Just you're just. I'm going to be doing. I'm working with a company called Tungo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a music technology company. Uh-huh. Um, what do based do? out of Vegas. Uh, we actually do data analytics to the social media, some social media world for music artists. Cool. So we actually help support artists as well. Wait, that's interesting. What's it called again? Uh, Tungo. Tungo. T U N E G O. Okay, just in case I decide to start yeah, a music career. Absolutely, absolutely. I might team uh, up with Actually, Post a lot of artists should go there. Yeah. It's actually good for them, actually. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, managing, uh, not really managing right now. Not doing management right now. Um, so say that, wait, spell it out again. T-U-N. T-U-N-E. T-U-N-E. G-O. G-O. Yeah. Um, working with Timbaland still, working with Mosley Music Group. Mm-hmm. We have his project. And we have a couple artists coming out, rock band, our new city out of, Canada that we did a deal with with Capital with. What's uh, the name of the band? New City. Oh, New City, cool. Um, and then um, you know, doing my fitness stuff. Oh yeah, much. Marcus is like in incredible shape. I'm sweating right now. Marcus but. used to be my <laughs> drinking buddy, and now apparently he's like on a paleo diet or something. Yeah, basically. At least you're at least you're drinking wine right now. Yeah, you know, I I, I was. I was about to cut off alcohol for a minute, but I was like, I can't really You've do You've been it. trying to do that all the time I, it, throughout the years. It's never going to happen, but, you know, I'm, I'm going to be good. I appreciate the, the effort of the, at least thinking the, the about it. The effort is there. Yeah, The effort, there. The, the tr- I'm it's trying. There. Have you met a lady yet? 
going on? You know, just love nobody, ladies like no, you though. I, I don't know. Maybe they don't. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Guys, Marcus is single. I'm gonna post a photo <laughs> of him when this podcast airs. Feel free to DM him. DM me. I'll link you up. He's a sweetheart. But I don't. Um, I don't want any and no scoundrels going after him. Yeah, He's a no, good dude. Yeah, I try to be good. He's a good, good yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, what else? I think. I think we should. I think we can call it. Is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I think. I think I'm just. You know, thank you for having me. And um, yeah, thank you for glad, doing this. Glad I could tell you some some of my good stories and. Yeah, you know. I want to. Um, if I hey guys, email me if you have any like music industry questions. Uh, at info. Uh, info at rachelobriancomedy.com. That's info at R-A-C-H-A-E-L-O-B-R-I-E-N comedy.com. And uh, if I get a bunch of questions from you guys, I'll have Marcus back on and you can, you know, pick his brain on yeah. how to make it in the music industry. Yeah. Or, yeah. In, or in life. Yeah. Or in life. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Do you want to give your social media? Yeah. I'm at M. Spence, M. Spence at M. Spence BC on Instagram. Yeah, you should have found an easier name. Do you want to spell it out? Yeah, S M S P E N C E B C. That's yeah, and his name's Marcus Spence, but that's his handle. Yeah, and you I don't guys, know why, but no, yeah. I mean mine's annoying too. I have an yeah. N in the middle of it. So uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rachel N O'Brien. That's R A C H A E L N O B R I E N. I have a lot of uh, stand-up dates coming up. Uh, I'm going to try to rattle them off really quickly. Uh, December 13th, I will be at the Comedy Store with uh, Eric Griffin, Ron White, Mark Zaratella, I'm uh, forgetting the rest. Um, January 4th, I'll be at Flappers Comedy Club in Los Angeles. January 26th, I will be at the Curious Comedy Theater in Portland, Oregon. There's a lot more in between, but I was just trying to rattle them off. All right, guys, love you. Email me anytime if you want to chat about anything. Peace. Peace.